0: Praise the Lord. Thank you, friends. Thank you so very much. Why don't you, uh, before you're seated, turn and greet two or three people, look them in the eye, say, You're looking really good today. You're looking really good. (laughs) I know some of you are thinking. Keith, you ought to see what I had to look into. I had to say that by faith. You know, you know, everybody's beautiful in their own way. It's the beauty about the 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 Father's love. He, He calls you good. He calls you beautiful. He calls you accepted. As you are. Not as you need to be. His love is so rich. It's awesome. I'm so excited to be here and appreciate your pastor having a vision from heaven to invite me. No, not really. He just he just picked up the phone and called me, actually, hallelujah. But I, uh, I love Pastor Mark, Pastor Brenda, very, very much. They've been friends of Heidi and I for many, many years. And so we uh, have marking uh, places in our heart of things of uh, we always remember and talk about. And it's like every time I'm with him on the phone or... Uh, like in person here this weekend, we always are like brothers. And so uh, it's a great treat to see what God's doing in you and through you. You are, you are blessed. You're, you're planted in a place where you're loved by the Father, where you're taught the Word of the Lord, where your life can work. And, uh, and work very well because of what Jesus has done. So uh, thanks for being planted in this place. And thanks for uh, sharing your love with those in this faith community. But also thanks for bringing your offerings. Your, your tithe, your 10%, your 5%, your 12%, whatever it is. Thanks for purposing in your heart and sowing into the local church. Because you're not only making an environment like this available for everybody that comes by. And everybody recognizes that, wow, the Father is working in the lives of people at Heart of the Bay, but you're also making an impact in other places all over the planet. And Heidi and I are privileged to be just a part, an expression of your love. So thanks so much. Tonight I'm going to show you some videos of what you've done and helped do through the uh, acquisition of the Middle East Life Center in Beirut, Lebanon, having it now debt-free as of December. You all have sown all along to make it a reality. Give the Lord a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Yeah. And... Uh, it's just such a, such a major, major uh, miracle of the love of the Father. You know, I, I, I learn in life that I just kind of appraise, you know, the stirrings of my spirit based on the way God wants to show off His love and life to people in other places on the planet. So that's why we develop campuses uh, in six regions of the world. I'm going to show you uh, tonight a lot about this with, with video and things. So come tonight. It's movie night at Heart of the Bay. And... Uh, you're going to just love what, uh, what you see because you're going to see what you're doing through your faith expression of the local church by the way, uh, tonight or today make sure you pick up a copy of Nations Magazine it's just come off the press and uh, you'll see about the Middle East Life Center it's debt free you'll see so many other campuses and things that are developing around the world and uh, this is something that you can use as a point of contact to read and share with your family but also just pray over it and with us uh, for a great, great display of the love of the Father. What I'd like to do here for the next few moments is just put something in your heart that's going to make you smile. You're going to understand in a whole new way that you don't have to approve yourself before the Father, that you're pre-approved through the work of Jesus. You're going to understand in a great way of God's great love for you so you don't ever again need to live disappointed with you. I think sometimes we're so addicted to ourselves, striving, trying to do enough and be perfect enough and live just absolutely, you know so so perfect before God that, that we live disappointed with ourselves. And sometimes when we're looking to ourselves to find our position before the Father, it's very, very disappointing when we're honest with ourselves. So I want to just put you at a place of peace today where you don't have to even think of you or even look to you. You can look to the Lamb. Hallelujah. You can see your place in Christ Jesus. And as you rest in His love for you, everything about... You that you don't like, or even things about you that others don't like. It's all fixable, but in the Lord's time, as you behold Him and gaze, and His, his life becomes your life. And uh, when we empty ourselves from ourselves, He lives His life through us. And it's so exciting. It's so rich. You know, I was sharing and Mark, before I walked in God's great love in my life in my wife's life that if you would know you wouldn't believe it but God's good do you notice I'm only four minutes into the message and I'm crying good already (laughs) sometimes you just need to cry Sometimes you got to stop being so stuffy with yourself and your own effort and your own doings before God. And just take your place in Jesus and let his love just slobber all over you. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a shout of praise. Amen. So let's uh, let's pray. And then I'm going to teach. Father, thank you for loving us. Lord, I thank you that the people in this place can know and believe that you love them completely. That you favor them abundantly. That you bless them eternally. So, Lord Jesus, right now, once again, I empty myself of myself so yourself can be displayed through me. Stir the hearts of the people with your precious promises and let the folks know this day Jesus, how good and how great you are on their behalf. We thank you that we're accepted eternally in the beloved. And we look good before God in Christ. So we say thanks, Father, for your great love for us in Jesus' name and all God's people said. Do you know your hearts help most when you don't try to fix yourself because of yourself, but when you just rest in what he's done and he fixes you? The transformations in my life about the little quirky things about Keith Hershey, the humanity of Keith Hershey that couldn't toe the line, they're not fixed just through my discipline. They're fixed as I behold the Lamb and rest in what He's done. And I'm transformed into the very image of who He is. I really can live a life now based on understanding His great love for me. So I want to share some things with you that I call... We would see Jesus. I have a little thing for the screen to give you a little clue of what I want to talk to you about today. We would see Jesus. This is a declaration that some Gentiles, some Greek folk had on on that uh, triumphal procession of Jesus coming into Jerusalem. As he's getting ready for his passion, his week of passion. As he's getting ready for Calvary's cross, some great guys came and said, we would see Jesus. It sounds like a reasonable request. But really, when I'm talking about it today, I'm really going to be talking about appraising the value of his love for you. And when you look at a statement like that, you think it's one thing, but you're going to find out it's completely another thing. So go with me in your Bible, if you would, to John's Gospel, chapter 12, beginning in verse... 12 and 13, here's what the Bible says. The next day, a great day, or a great multitude had come to the feast. And when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him and cried out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. You know, don't you think this is kind of interesting that this big festival in the city of Jerusalem And uh, as Jesus is coming to town, the whole crowd got stirred up about this Messiah man coming to Jerusalem. And they made a parade. And Jesus came riding on the donkey. But look what it says down a little ways in verse 19. The religious people, the religious leaders, didn't really like it. It says, the Pharisees, therefore said among themselves, you see that you are accomplishing nothing. Look, the world has gone down. After him, What a declaration from these religious leaders who didn't understand Jesus or understand the purpose of his death, nor did they understand that in his death they could find life. They just tried to understand him by what he was doing and the miracles he was performing and the words that he was saying. And his words seemed to fought or fight. What they were trying to decree in terms of finding your favor with the Father based on fulfilling every little detail of the law. Yet Jesus was coming. In fact, the Bible says in the book of Hebrews, Jesus was speaking with the Father and He said, Father, behold, I've come to do your will. And the will of God for Jesus in the earth is the next phrase to take away the first covenant to establish the second covenant. The second covenant is now based on the obedience of Jesus, and our favor with the Father is now not based on us or our obedience to do good or be good, but our favor with the Father is found in Jesus' perfect performance on the cross, and our faith gets us out of ourselves and gets us into himself. And when we move into Christ, we are accepted eternally in the beloved. So Jesus is coming to establish a whole new system Not only the Jewish folk, but the the whole human race, the Gentile folk, could find their acceptance and favor before God in Christ. So look at the the, the next verse goes on to say, this is found in verse 20. It says, now there were certain Greeks among those who came up and worshipped at the feast. Then they came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida of Galilee. And they asked Philip, saying, sir, we wish to see Jesus. The old King James says, says, we would see Jesus. We we would see Jesus. We wish to see Jesus. Now, don't you think that's a reasonable request? You know, after the service today, I'm going to hang out in the lobby, shake hands, give people high fives. You know, just that's my personality. I like to say hi to people and uh, so i'll be out there if i go out after the service by way of illustration let's say i go out after the service with pastor mark and we start out together and then suddenly i'm kind of moving this way talking to people and mark's moving to the other side talking to people and let's just say somebody comes up to pastor mark and says pastor mark man that 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 guy you had come in today i kind of i kind of enjoyed that i'd like to i'd like to see keith i'd like to meet keith you know what Pastor Mark said? Hey, cool, j- j- just a minute. You just stay right here. L- let me get him. I know he'll, he'll come see you. So Pastor Mark comes over to this side of the, the lobby, huh? He says, Keith, sorry to interrupt you, but I got a precious friend. They're brand new here. They'd love, they, they, would, they would like to see you. They, they wish to see you. Do you have time to say hi? You know what I'd say to Mark? Forget it. You're dealing with the man right here, huh? No, you know what I'd say? My personality is very gentle and tender and say, yeah, absolutely. I'd say, hey, sorry, friends. I'll be right back. I'd come over to the other side of the lobby. I'd shake your hand. Maybe give you a little hug. Hey, nice to meet you. Tell me about yourself. Tell me about your family. How long have you come here to heart of the? I would chit chat with you. If you want to see me, I would show you me according to my life. Don't you think that's just common courtesy? But when the Greeks came... And came to the disciples and said, please, go to this Jesus, this Messiah, man, and say, we would see Jesus. You know what Jesus said? Jesus didn't show him his life. Jesus showed him his death. Now listen very carefully. If you read the next verses, Jesus talks about a grain of seed falling into the ground and dying. And if it dies, you know, it brings forth fruit. And then he goes on and talks about the passion of the cross. Jesus, in the next verses, talks about his agony and suffering of redemption for the whole world. And Jesus says in this passage, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. Jesus, in responding to the question of people to see him, Jesus didn't show people his life. Jesus showed people his death. Why? Because it's in his death that you find your life. Do you know today there's a lot of people, not only in America, but all over the world that think they know Jesus according to his life. They think he's a good man. They think he's a prophet. They think he raised the dead. He can do wonderful things, but it's never transformed people. Jesus' life will show you the heart of the Father toward men, that God is good and God's not mad at nobody. God's mad about everybody. And Jesus is the icon of God. He is the exact duplication of God in the earth, the Son of God himself. So Jesus has come in his life to show you the heart of the Father toward men, but the love of God for you is not revealed fully in his life. The love of God is demonstrated fully in Jesus' death. And the way your life is transformed with love is not knowing Jesus according to his miracles. It's knowing Jesus according to the cross. Because the cross is the key for the new covenant. And that's why Paul would teach and write, he would say, I glory in the cross. To people that don't understand it, it's ridiculous foolishness. But to us who believe and receive, it is the power of God. The love of God is revealed, not in Jesus' life fully, but it's fully revealed in his death. So when the outsiders, the non-Jewish folks, came and said, we want to see Jesus, Jesus refused to show them his life. Jesus showed them his death, and it's in his death where you understand your life because you get out of yourself, and by faith you get into himself, and when you're in him, everything about... I'm preaching good. Everything... About your life changes. You need to understand God loves you completely. So I I tell people to appraise the value of his love for you. Have you ever appraised something? You're only going to appraise something that gets your attention. You know, a lot of Christian people today, the love of God doesn't get their attention You know, it gets their attention that God's going to get them. And so they're always trying to work and perform. And they think their acceptance before the Father is based on their efforts toward Him. Your acceptance before the Father is based on Jesus' efforts toward you. When you can rest in His love for you, your efforts toward Him become a reciprocal response to understanding the value of His love. Appraise the value of His love. You know, if you drive from the service to your house today and you go by a car dealership, I bet you don't even care about what car is there or what, what it costs unless you really need a car. Then you may look. Does the love of the Father ever attract you enough where you behold it and gaze it and set a value on it? Do you ever appraise the value of love? You know, to appraise something, it's got to get your attention. I was uh, driving to LAX, the airport in Southern California, a couple of weeks ago, and I was going to preach somewhere I had the radio on and there was an advertisement here since this is uh, Valentine's kind of weekend. uh, It was a jewelry store trying to get people to come in and buy jewelry for Valentine's Day. And they said, if you buy jewelry from our jewelry store, we guarantee that it will appraise for twice what you paid for. it." I began to think, now wait a minute. If something appraises for twice what I pay for it, maybe the appraisal is not really the true value. You know, what, what the true value of anything is what somebody pays, right? If you have an old car you're trying to sell and you think you can sell it for $12,000 because you looked online and Kelly Blue Book and these different appraisal sites tell you it's worth that, but somebody comes along, you know, two weeks later because nobody looked look at your car, and they look at your car, they drive your car, and they say, you might think it's worth 12000 to you, But I'll give you nine for it, cash, right now. And now now suddenly you think, man, I haven't had anybody else look at this. I really need the money. Maybe you'll take ten, see? So maybe you'll take something less than what you appraise it for. Let me ask you, have you ever recently appraised the value of God's love for you where it absolutely shocked you, where it absolutely overwhelmed you, Where, where it made you like in awe before the Father that God sees me perfect in Christ? That my sins have been forgiven by God. And my sins have been forgotten by God. And my sins have been eternally judged in Christ. What measure of love is that for a guy like me? Have you ever been so overwhelmed by the love of the Father? You know, uh, to appraise means you set a value on something. You establish a worth. Look at the Bible says in Matthew chapter 13. Verse 44, the Bible says again, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field which a man found and then he hid it. And for joy over the treasure, he goes and sells all that he has and buys the field. You know, this beautiful property, this beautiful campus, this five acres, this beautiful auditorium, this beautiful everything. I remember seeing this when this was a movie theater. I remember being outside with your pastor, and, and we, were, we, were, we were talking about this, and thinking about this, and, and speaking over this. I remember the days before God really gave it to you as a pe- possession, but you know what? There had to be an evaluation of the treasure that was going to be in this field. The treasure is not the building. The treasure is the work of the Spirit in the lives of people on the property. But what you do is with joy, you do everything you have to acquire or even to pay off the field. So the work of the treasure is secured. Have you ever been so stirred with the love of the Father as a treasure that it made you do something, that it made you move, that it made you respond, that it made you, that it gave you life? With joy? This is the way I manage ministry. People always ask me how we do campuses and things. Why we buy facilities and establish teams and all these things. I always tell them it's, 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 it's my heart stirred with a treasure. And a development of how a field or a campus can facilitate the massive display of God's love for people. And then what I try to do with joy. Go and do everything I can and buy the field. I have to be honest with you. I, I, I can't always do it with joy. Sometimes this guy gets to be a nervous wreck. And I get overwhelmed. You know, you know anytime I'm overwhelmed, I don't emotionally recognize my in-him position. If I'm emotionally living outside of my position in Christ, thinking I've got to do it, I've got to make it happen, it's a very depressing proposition. But when I'm in Christ... I don't have to change nobody, do nothing, whether it's acquiring a field or just having peace with my extended family or something. The little issues of life are resolved and solved when I appraise the value of God's love for me and accept it as a done deal. Look at the next verses, say, Matthew thirteen forty-five and 46. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant selling beautiful pearls who when he had found one pearl of great price, how many know Jesus is the pearl? He went and sold all that he had and bought the pearl. What, have you, what, have, what, what stirred you enough on the love of the Father to just rest in his love for you? You have to know that we can appraise his love for us, but you also need to know that he has already appraised his love for you. Your value, as you are, to him cannot be calculated you say, oh, Keith, I don't know about me. I'm such a rascal. I'm such a loser. I've done so many bad things. Hey, join the club. You're, you're, you're part of the, the human race. But see, the gospel of Jesus Christ is you're accepted before God. It has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with Jesus. And if you can appraise that kind of love that's so radical. And so overwhelmingly makes no sense to the human mind. But by faith, take your place in Christ. Everything about your life or everything about your world will really change. Look at what the Bible says in First Peter chapter 1, verse 18. The Bible says, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold from your aimless conduct. How many of y'all remember the aimless days? Man, I remember it. My goodness, I was real good at being aimless. Received by the tradition of your fathers, but with the precious blood of Jesus Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. I always tell people, you know, even in the old covenant, when a sinner took the offering to the priest, the priest inspected the lamb. The priest never inspected the sinner. See, God's not inspecting you to see if you toe the line. He inspected the lamb and the blood of the lamb calls you Good. And because the lamb was inspected, the Bible says you're accepted. You're accepted in Christ in the way you change and transform is by resting in his love for you. But you won't rest in his love for you if you've not appraised it properly. Here's, here's what I mean. You know, this last little illustration in Matthew is about a pearl of great price. Jewelry. How many of you ladies like jewelry? How many of you all want some jewelry for Valentine's Day? How many of you all want me to just prophesy right now to me? No. <laughs> my wife likes jewelry. And thank God she likes simple things and inexpensive things. Hallelujah. huh? So I, I've never been a guy of great fanfare with anything. I'm just a simple gospel preacher from a, yeah, a country boy, you know. But and thank God my wife kind of has the same little mindset. So she doesn't need anything elaborate or anything. But I remember I like to buy her things that, that, that she likes. If something has caught her attention, I'd I like to make it happen, if I can. Many years ago, we were in Europe on our way to Africa or someplace, and we just had like a half a day or maybe a day in in Belgium. And Belgium's really a neat, a neat uh, city, neat, neat country. And uh, you go down in the old part of Belgium and got all these old shops and cafes and antique dealers and things like this. And we'd just be walking down the street, you know, having... Having a good time, having a cup of coffee or whatever, and talking. But, but we'd be window shopping. So we'd stop at a window, and all jewelry, all old jewelry and antiques. And, you know, there's so many things in there that nothing can ever get your attention, which is the way I like it. So I just, we just look about it and move on and say, oh boy, isn't that wonderful? And then we stop, oh, that's great, Heidi. Let's just move on, you know. And I'm, just, I'm just believing God to get out of town. Hallelujah, you know. But then suddenly we stop at a window. And Heidi hones in on this little teeny little ring in the midst of hundreds of pieces of jewelry. Now, how can she focus on one thing when there's so many things? She says, oh, look at that. That's beautiful. I says, what? She said that. I said, I don't see anything in there. It looks good to me. I don't think you'd look good in anything in that, Heidi. I think you're beautiful as you are. But she said, no, that, that little ring, look at that. So, see, something caught her attention. She had an ah moment. See, to appraise something, here's the Hersheyism of the message. To appraise, this is my definition, you need to have an ah moment. Or a wow moment. Does God's love for you ever wow you? Does it just ever shatter your whole sense of identity that you've got to say, You've got to be kidding me. That I'm as righteous before God as Jesus Christ himself? I know me. You've got to be kidding me. This is a kind of radical love now. When you understand the radical love of God for you, it'll get your attention. And see, when Heidi had a wow moment, now you can have a praise moment. See, most people are trying to praise the Lord. Sometimes they're trying to do it, trying to please God. Listen, I don't praise God to try to please God. I praise God because God's pleased with me. Hallelujah. huh? I'm in Christ. I'm accepted. I have an eye moment of the blood of the Lamb. I'm accepted by the blood. And now I have an authentic praise moment. You know what an appraisal of a piece of jewelry will do like that? It will get you from the outside to the inside. See, most Christian people have drive-by appraisals of the church. They just drive by. They do it by the thousands today out here don't they? They look that way, oh, it's a church. You know what most people think of church? Most people think God's mad at them. Most people don't want to go in because they think they're going to be told what's wrong with them and what they can't do and all these things about them because they don't understand the love of the Father. So they just have a drive-by appraisal and don't want to get too close because they think if they're going to get too close, God's going to get you. Their whole worldview is not based in the love of the Father or the finished work of Jesus Christ. So they don't have any understanding of the new covenant of grace. And so they just keep driving by. But when you have a sudden wow moment, it gets you from the outside to the inside. You know, Heidi and I went into this jewelry store. We got the ring out of the window and on her finger. She said, man, Keith, I really like this. Do you think I had an option then? (laughs) You know what I said? I said, man, Heidi, it's beautiful. Then I asked the owner of the store, I said, what do you appraise this for or what is your price for the ring? And it was like 500 bucks or something. And uh, so I said, well, it may be worth 500 to you. (laughs) But it's not worth 500 to me. Heidi gets so uncomfortable when I negotiate. It makes her like one she, of... She likes... Sometimes when we go into places, she says, Keith, please, don't negotiate. I, I, just just pay the piper, call it a seed, and let's get out of here. But I negotiate. And so anyway, we, we negotiated, I don't know, 100 bucks off. I think I paid $400 or whatever the price was. But... She came out of the store with what wowed her. She wore it. It fit her. It did something for her. See, the love of God, you should not have drive-by appraisals. You need in Him appraisals. And to get in Him, you have to understand the cross. That's why when Jesus was asked, we would like to see you, Jesus wouldn't show him his physical life. Jesus showed him the reality of his spiritual death. Because it's in his death that love is demonstrated. That's what the Bible says in the book of Romans. In fact, you can read it yourself. Romans chapter 5 verse 8. But God demonstrates his own love toward us. And while you're yet a sinner, a loser, a low life, a good for nothing human. Huh? In your frailty, in your humanity, when you know you can't qualify, when you know you can't constantly be good enough based on the system of the law, you can find your acceptance before God eternally by faith in Christ. So Jesus wants you to see the cross. Jesus wants you to understand if you'll just see me and understand me in my death, this is what will wow you. And this is what praise will flood and flow from you. You will have an appraisal of my love for you. And you'll get from the outside circumstance feeling distance from God in him and find everything you'll ever need. If you believe it, give the Lord a shout of praise. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. This is God's great, wonderful love for you. You have to appraise things. Recently, I um, had to get a new home loan uh, on my house because we had some family members that needed help. And it bugged me because I was the only one who could help them. Have you ever had those kind of bugging feelings? Yes. None of you. That's why I like you all so much. <laughs> but, you know, I kind of have a mercy motivational gift. So I told Heidi, I said, Heidi, we, we, we have to help. And she said, Keith, what, what people need we don't have money for. I said, we have equity in our house. I said, let's get a new home mortgage loan and go through the whole process again and deliver some people who can't be delivered without somebody standing in the gap. And so we did that in the process of getting this home loan. It was miserable experience. But it took like six months. People lose documents. I mean, it was just like a... It just make, it makes you want to flesh out. You know what I mean? <laughs> just... Kind, constantly and i realized i wasn't fully you know delivered from my flesh going through this process i get so angry and frustrated you know so they called me one day and said mr hershey i said what is it my friend they said we need to have an appraisal on your house so so we can see if your house is worth the loan value we're going to give to you so i said to them is it going to be a drive-by appraisal See, in the old days, when the market in California was going up, they would do drive-by appraisals. I don't think they ever appraised it. They just wanted a fee. They probably looked at it online or something on a picture on a Google map. Who knows? But in the old days, they would drive by, look at it. Yeah, the house is there. It looks fine. We can, you know, we'll give it its value. But they said to me, no drive-by appraisals. This has to be an inside job. So sure enough, a guy came and he measured every room. He did everything. He took pictures. He left that morning. He said, "Uh, that's nice. This will praise out just fine. I said, okay, cool. Thanks very much. Here's the deal. Unless you have an in him appraisal, you'll always misunderstand God. Because you'll try to understand the love of the Father through his life. And don't recognize your position before God because of his death. You've got to use your faith and believe in the one who believes in you. And accept the fact you're accepted. As strange as it sounds. And as hard and crazy it is to believe, God accepts you as you are. No questions asked if you just put your faith in him and rest in his love for you. And now you can be transformed from beholding him. And he'll do a fine and marvelous work. I remember in this house that we just had to refinance many, many years ago. We bought the house when our kids were like junior high or something we need a little bigger house so there's this one area in the san fernando valley we thought we'd like to live in if god could ever get us in it'd be kind of cool we'd like these dead-end streets and just 10 houses on a street and across the street there's no other houses there's only houses on one side of the street we kind of liked it at the end of this little cul-de-sac there was a house i loved an english Tudor house and i said my 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 would i look good living in there hallelujah huh <laughs> glory huh So I talked Heidi to going in this house, not just from the outside, but on the inside. And when we went in, it was like, oh, my goodness, what a disaster. This thing needs to be purged and cleansed and rebuilt. Every square inch is a disaster. So we came back out. Do you think I put an offer on the house? No, because it didn't hit our heart right but four houses down on the street there was another house that was for sale that Heidi loved but I couldn't stand it so Heidi kept saying let's look at this house I said no I don't like it I don't like the curb appeal I don't like it it doesn't do anything for me I don't have an ah moment I don't have a wow moment I don't even want to see the thing I don't like it but my wonderful loving persistent wife kept saying day after day Keith Kind of like Delilah. Not really. Uh, uh, she, kept, she kept saying day after day, you know. She would vex my soul. Let's, <laughs> let's see this house. Let's see this house. Let's see this house. So to please my wonderful wife, I said, okay, let's see the house. So the real estate person gets us in the house. And I'm just like, okay, let's see this house, you know. Heidi, I'm here. Let's see the house and they opened the door and I walked in I thought, my goodness sakes alive this is unbelievable this has been redone every square inch you go in the kitchen, my, my, my my, my goodness, look at this, every square inch of the house was, re- I began to see me living there, I began to see my wife serving me wonderful meals right. laughter <laughs> I began to see my kids playing with friends. Then, then you walk out the back door. Oh, my, it's got a lovely pool. Wow, I hadn't thought about this. Man, I'd be kind of, this, this is good. And then it had a view of the whole valley. You could see every which way, 20, 30, 40 miles. You've got to be kidding me. See, I went into a place that I didn't think I liked. See, most people never get in Christ because they don't like what they see from the outside. The pictures people paint. You know what I've done once we moved in? Because we bought the house. We've lived there ever since. But since I didn't like the outside, you know what I did? I changed it. I re-landscaped the whole thing. Now it looks like a little oasis of a paradise with palm trees and everything. Because I need a place I can rest. Hallelujah. Huh? Yeah. And so now I have a home that I've lived in for many, many years. But it took an inside appraisal to be wowed see don't don't worry if you're on the outside of jesus trying to figure out how it works just use your faith and understand at the cross the blood was shed and jesus pre-approved you eternally before the father your acceptance has nothing to do with you has everything to do with jesus now if you can handle that kind of love faith will get you in him And when you're in him, you say, my, 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 I'm complete in him. I'm righteous in him. I have wisdom in him. I'm sanctified in him. I'm wealthy in him. I'm provide. See, when you're in him, the revelation comes alive of what you've had. You've been a new creation because of him. And this is the beauty of God's love for you. If you like that, give the Lord a shout of praise. Hallelujah. You have an eye moment. You have a praise moment. Let me show you real quick. Go with me one other story. Luke 24. Here's what the Bible says Jesus is now walking with two disciples after his resurrection. When you study Jesus' preaching and things, I always tell people, use as your model of ministry of preaching the way Jesus preached after the cross, not before the cross. People say, why? Because some of Jesus' message were, were to the legalists that he was trying to break down with the law. That if you just look at some of these statements based on themselves, you think you have to qualify yourself to be accepted. You think you have to forgive in order to be forgiven. See, Jesus made statements like that. But what you need to do is analyze Jesus' ministry after the cross, because now everything is filtered through the finished work. And Jesus will preach from the law and the prophets. That's all they had then. He would preach from the law and the prophets and Psalms, but he would preach concerning himself, the Bible teaches. He would show what the cross was about. And... He wouldn't show them who they were through His life. He would show them who He was through His death. Watch the story real quick. Luke 24, verse 15 and 16. So it was, while they conversed in reason, that Jesus Himself drew near and went on with them, but their eyes were restrained so that they did not know Him. Now think of this. Here's two disciples walking about a seven-mile journey with Jesus. Jesus was with them, but they didn't know Him. See, if you try to understand Jesus according to His life, you'll never get a clear picture. To see Jesus clearly, you understanding him according to his death. And that's why the cross is the key in the new covenant. That's why Paul would proclaim the cross. The love of God is revealed in the cross. It's not revealed through his life fully. It's revealed in his death. So look at it says, they did not know him. Verse 27, we'll go through this real quickly. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, Jesus expounded to them in all the scripture the things what concerning himself. Jesus wouldn't tell them what they had to do. Jesus would tell them what he had done. The key is not you. The key is Jesus. It just takes a wow moment with the love of the Father. So faith works by the love of God which is anchored in your spirit. And you can say yes and amen to the love of God. And get inside. And then you wear him well. You're clothed and robed. with It's like putting on the ring on your finger. The shoes on your feet. It's the story of the prodigal. The robe. My goodness. I feel good in this. It's true. I'm right with God because of Jesus. Now you can change. Look at it. It goes on to say verse 20, uh, 30 and 31. Now it came to pass. As Jesus sat at the table with them. He took bread. And he broke it. He blessed it. He broke it. He gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened. We would see Jesus and they knew him. And boom, he vanished from their sight. Think about this with me. See, Jesus was with them seven miles and they didn't have a clue and yet he was there. The only time they got a clue is when Jesus broke bread, which is the sign of the new covenant That he said he was going to institute with his blood in his body through the cross. What did Jesus do? Jesus showed them the cross. And when Jesus showed them the cross, their eyes were open. See, the way you see clearly is by keeping your focus on Jesus. And what he has done in his death. Let the cross be in every equation for every decision of your life. And when you do, you'll see clearly, you'll have wisdom, you'll have judgment, you'll have discernment. And when the cross is the anchor of every decision in the way you interpret and evaluate every piece of scripture, then you'll see clearly. And I love this because then their eyes were opened and he smiled and said, I'm out of here. Boom. He's gone. Now think of this. Why did Jesus leave so quickly? Because once you have the revelation of his life in the cross and his death and resurrection, there is such a wildness. There's such a joy. There's something that so gets a hold of your spirit that changes everything about you. What happened to these guys? They had to tell somebody. They go on into into Jerusalem. Look at it says, verse 32. They said one to another, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? See, the way you get on fire for Jesus is not your effort toward him. The way you get on fire for Jesus is understanding his effort toward you. When you focus on God's love for you, it so overwhelms you, it so stirs you, you're so grateful that you can view your life through the lens of what he's done. You'll like your own company again. You'll like the company of those around you because you can see them through the finished work of Jesus. Look at verse 33 real quick. So they rose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven. And those were gathered together saying, 'The the Lord is risen, the Lord is risen, the Lord is risen. And appeared to Simon and they told about the things that had happened on the road and how he was made known to them in the breaking of the bread. See, Jesus is revealed in terms of His love for you and your acceptance before the Father, not through His life fully, but fully in His death. And in the breaking of the bread, they saw Jesus, that He was risen. Look at verse 44 real quickly. Jesus said to them, These are the words which I have spoke to you while I was with you, that all things must be fulfilled that were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. Again, Jesus talks about what? Is about him in his work. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Then he said to them in verse 46. Thus it is written and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer on the cross. And to rise from the dead the third day. That repentance. That means you change the way you think. That's what repentance means. Change the way you think. That the way you think and your remission or your forgiveness of sins. Should be preached in the name of Jesus. What? To all nations. All nations. See, this is really a missions message. What I'm preaching to you about seeing Jesus is the way you change your world. You start it in Jerusalem or you would start it in the Bay Area, whatever town you're from. And then it influences your whole world because you're pointing people to the cross in what Jesus has done for them. And when you do that, when you point people to the finished work of Jesus, everything about their life can work. And work very well. Did you all like the word today? Give the Lord a shout of praise. Amen. Hallelujah. I've, I've already preached too long, but I sure am having a good time. Isn't God good? Amen. Let me show you something I'm doing. I just uh, kind of unveiled this two weeks ago at our pastor's conference. There's a 2020 little plan that God put in my spirit. You know, uh, you see, I had to wear some glasses, reading glasses, because, uh, you know, I can't see the way I used to see. And uh, now for me to realize how good looking I am, i got to look in a mirror and put on some glasses. I say, my, 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 my. I can't see. You know, there's a lot of people that walk around kind of spiritually blinded to the love of the Father. There's nothing that wows them. There's nothing that stirs them. They're just kind of in a drive-by religion. Okay, dear God, I guess I'll go again. Well, okay, maybe I'll do something, maybe I'll sew a little something, help you know. And they put themselves on a, a system that's always full of disappointment. They're always beating themselves up. See, the way you fix your life is not through your effort, but through the effort of Jesus. And this is why twenty twenty, you know, twenty slash twenty is to see clearly, it's perfect vision. If I went to an eye doctor, I could see clearly if I had 20-20 vision. I don't have 20-20 vision. I found out in my little life that most people in the church, not only in America, but around the world, don't focus on Jesus. They focus on themselves. They focus on what they have to do. They focus on how they qualify and what they have. And I tell you what, they live exhausted. I'd be exhausted too if I just had to, you know, look to me. To call you know, myself good before God. I couldn't qualify on my best day. I couldn't qualify on my best day. Thank God I don't have to. I qualify in Christ Jesus eternally. With an eternal redemption that's for this kid, Keith Hershey because I had enough faith to get a view from the outside and have the courage to come inside and put the stuff on and say, Blessed be the name of the Lord. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. And when I behold the Lamb, I actually turn out to be a pretty nice guy. But it has nothing to do with me. So 2020 is a new assignment that God just gave me. I unveiled it two weeks ago to unveil the beauty of what Jesus has done. I want people to see clearly Jesus not through his life per se, but to understanding through his death. Because that was his request on the week of passion when he's going to the cross. So we have on this little Facebook site, and we have a web, website as well. It's just a daily dose of God's love for you. If you'd like to follow it or get some information or some of the blog posts, it's all about Jesus and his love for you, nothing else. It's not about everything you've got to do to solve your problems because your problems are solved in him. And that's where you find great joy and peace. Give the Lord Jesus a shout of praise today. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Put your hands over your heart. Let me bless you. Father, these are your kids. Every one of them in this place are loved completely. They're favored abundantly. They're blessed eternally. All because of Jesus. Father, I ask that everybody in this place stops their drive-by living concerning you. Let their hearts be absolutely charged with the love of God in a way that wows them, that overwhelms them, that makes them look at their life toward you, not from the outside, but resting from the inside of what Jesus has done.